90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com. We want to say, uh, introduce the second half of the show um, today. Over to you, Ian, to introduce our guests for this second half. Well, on Community Now, we're delighted to welcome uh, Kim Rampling uh, from BBCP Fostering and Janet Kendall, who's also a fosterer. Have you ever been on radio before? No, never. No. no. Oh, right. Well, that's great to have a f- first. I suppose one of the questions we ought to ask uh, Kim, first of all, what, what is your role at BCP Fostering? So I am a team manager of one of the five uh, teams. Uh, I am the team manager of the Adolescence Fostering Team. Right. And if people are listening and they, they've heard the phrase fostering, what does it actually mean? Um, it means that you are looking after other people's children. Um, they come from any age, from zero to 18. And why do people foster in the first place, do you think? Ooh, why? Um, I came from that sort of background. My mum took in one of my brother's friends when he was 11. And my grandmother adopted a child many, many years ago. So is that why you decided it was a sort of Um, inspiration from your own situation? Not really. I came into it by default because I ended up looking after my grandchildren. Oh, right. And well, and how was that experience? Traumatic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that was great. So um, how did you find the experience from sort of uh, wanting to be a foster parent and actually get to the point where, you know, you're interviewed and and go through that sort of panel experience? Um, My first panel experience, obviously, was when I did the kinship fostering. Um, That was very daunting. Um, I was very nervous, very frightened about it. But it was okay. And then once the children went back to their mother, um, I took a year off and then I decided I would like to do it again. All right. So we then started. But at that time, um, Bournemouth Council didn't really sort of have a very good um, people getting back to you for fostering. Um, I phoned several agencies as well. And I had one agency that phoned me back the next day and they signed me up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but five years later, I returned back to the council. Right. So I did panel again. So right. it, was, it was interesting. OK. So in terms, Kim, of, of fostering and the, the local authority, what, what are the benefits of fostering through the local authority? Yeah, that's, um, that's the biggest thing that we offer, really, because we, we, are, we are local. We have all those local connections. Um, children um, coming into care will usually be from the BCP area. Um, and so, you know, they, they can stay within their surroundings. It means that they can stay at local schools, have that um, family contact, um, and and within that we can offer um, a, a fantastic uh, training to all of our carers. Um, you know, our training kind of is outstanding to build all those skills that those foster carers need to offer that um, great support to those to those young people. Really, um, we have um, fantastic connections with the children's social workers. We work really closely with them. Um, we are um, heavily involved with the 
um, education caseworkers, um, the therapeutic input that we can um, offer to the carers and to the young people. Um, and it, and it, it really just does make a difference that they are... Um, you know, easily contactable, everybody knows everybody, um, and, and it is that local, you know, w local authority, l l um, local connection that really does make a difference for those young people. And obviously, the support that we can offer to the foster carers um, is second to none, really. You know, the supervising social workers really know their carers, um, they really know um, the young children that are placed with them, um, and go above and beyond to offer that support, really, which is what's vital to make the placement stable for that young person. What are the sort of questions that people come with if they're considering being a foster parent? What do they... What sort of questions do they come with? They must... If they have, the, like your particular case uh, where uh, Janet was talking about, you know, she was inspired and all the rest of it, but people must still have lots of questions in their mind about, you know, can I cope with this? What sort of things will be demands? What, what are the things that they hit with you with most? I think... I think one of the first things is can they do it that's that's what they, they know they want to be able to offer this but it is can they do it really so it's about us reassuring them that actually we have um, a really wide range of, of, of foster carers you know um, I think people think you know you, you know if I'm a single parent or if I'm a bit older or um, you know I'm a same-sex couple um, that, that it's not for them but it is actually you know everybody um, who, who can you know with that training and support can make fantastic foster carers and that's what we need really we need that wide range of of carers and and backgrounds really so i think first and foremost that's their that's their question um can they you know can they do it what can they offer um and then you know it's about them becoming involved in the the, the fostering community we have a fantastic um fostering support community um which we're, where we kind of run events and obviously um janet is very good at putting on uh, great events for kind of for the foster carers so that they feel supported not just by the professionals working with them um, but by each other they, they learn and grow um, from each other's experiences really um, and the assessment process um, you know it isn't quite it is intrusive in that sense because I think it's right that we have to be we have to make sure that it's right but through that time you build that really good relationship with your um, supervising social worker and hopefully you know you, all those questions are answered and during that assessment time there is training uh, that, that is required before you go to the to the final panel really so from that point of inquiry to actually being approved at panel um, hopefully they are confident and all those questions have, have been answered um, and they feel really supported and ready to take on that role did you find it tough um second time round yes because yeah. obviously I was doing it for a totally different reason yeah so it was as Kim said very intrusive yeah um but yeah you want to do it so you will go through all the hoops that you have to jump and does it take a long time um I think our initial when we went through the second time was only about six months but I know it can be done quicker or it can take longer it just depends on how much you've moved around, whether you're local. There's lots of different things that will affect it. And yeah, we actually, yeah. there is a set time. It's 16 weeks for the assessment. So that is a long enough time to get to know um, 
your assessor really basically and have all those questions answered and you know talk through any kind of worries and concerns that you have during that time really and like I said and then there is training that goes on during during that time and in terms of uh, uh, is there a particular style of person that wants to be a foster parent do you think absolutely not I, I, I you know all, 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 all walks of life um, you know it, it's it, you know it, it's about having that um, that time and energy that you can put into a young person you know this is this is a a, a role that you're taking on where you can change lives really mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the driving force for some people um, I, I think um, it's about us reassuring, you know, having those conversations that actually this isn't about a, a, a quick fix or having that instant response in that sense. This is something, sometimes it is a bit of a slow burner. It might not be today or tomorrow, but those young people that have been in your care will actually um, benefit and, and move on to in their own lives from the, the, the care and rewards that you have offered that, that young person, really. There's lots of misconceptions and sort of like myths around fostering, aren't they? I mean, Ian alluded um, to it there, the sort of, um, is there a, a typical type of person that would come through as fostering? And maybe people listening who had never even considered fostering before because they didn't think they were the right profile um, of person. It, it, maybe they would be turned away when in the past, because of those misconceptions or, or myths, um, they've been sort of overlooked as you were you mentioned whether that be the same sex couples or other people as well um how are you breaking down those myths how how are you getting that information out there to people to say hey if you've if if you love children you want to give help give adolescent children um a new start how are you putting that message out there how are you reaching those those mystery couples and families out there well, hopefully we're here today, so yeah. that's kind of part one of it. Um, yeah, uh, the, you know, we, um, you know, we we want to get that message out as far as we can. Really, we do hold kind of promotional days, um, recruitment days. Obviously, we've got our um, recruit uh, um, uh, where you can apply to become a foster carer. Really, but it's mainly it is through word of mouth, really, and that's again about fostering for BCP that local local area. Um, you know, the 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 foster care that we have are, are so passionate about what they do um, and it's about kind of you know when when they then talk to other people and kind of pass get that message out um, any way that we can really before we have our first piece of music I'd like to ask Janet one thing um, because you're fostering children that means you're not adopting them so it's not a permanent thing no. so how do you go into it psychologically knowing that you could be um, so in love with the person, the child that you're fostering, the adolescent you're fostering, but know then you've got to let them go? It's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> that um, would be the thing that would hit me, I think. If I'd ever had an opportunity in the past, my daughter, who's just got a, a new baby, when they're thinking about the future, fostering children was something that they want to do i've seen how she adores her own child i kept thinking to myself if she has a child to foster and has to let it go how would she cope it is hard it's very hard um you also once a child is moving on you are meeting the new family that they're going to you have quite a lot of interaction beforehand and after the child has moved on um there is also the counseling that bcp provide Mm. we also have training on separation because it is separation that we are going through for the children 
Yeah. So, do people keep that sort of continuing relationship? Or some do, it, some don't. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. it just depends on the family that the child goes to or if they're leaving because of their age. Yes. Or they've moved on to new carers because various things do happen. Um, myself, personally, I still have quite a lot of contact with children from many years ago. Yeah. Um, they bring their children back. Oh, right. So, yeah, it's always one big happy family. Okay. I, I would say that's one of the, the key elements, really, and, and that goes back to your, the, the, the last question about the, the key attributes. It's about building resilience um, for those in those foster carers. They know that um, the time that they've spent with, with that child and, or, or young person um, is going to be fundamental for, 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 for their next step in life, really. Um, and... I, they're incredible how they, you know, how how they manage to do that. But they, but they do, um, and and actually that is part of um, making it okay for that for that child for wherever they then kind of move on to. If it's for if it's to family, back to family, or out into the, you know, to live independently, um, you know, the time and care and love that those foster carers have given to that child is is that is that foundation for the rest of their lives. Brilliant. Time for a piece of music. Yeah, I think. So. So when we come back, we'll be talking um, barriers to, to, to fostering and also trying to find out some of those good stories. There's, there's anecdotes as well, some of those success stories um, that, that you've you both seen during your time working with fostering. But yeah, it's, it's music time and we've got a couple of tracks to choose. I've got I've got four different songs lined up. Um, so really, um, Kim, it's up to you to, 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 to pick and pick and choose. What do you want to go with first? Oh, wow. I think anyone that knows me knows I love a good old a good thing and I, I, I do love a show tune and I, and I love and I love this one this is um, yeah it's from it, have, you've seen this you've seen The Greatest Showman haven't you uh, four times okay <laughs> he's a fan I've, I've seen it zero times but I've heard oh, this oh no I've heard I this. didn't realise that I know I know shocking your I've, education needs some help it does I've heard <laughs> this song 20 million times though. It's, it's a great one yeah, it's powerful <laughs> it's uplifting it's motivational I, I yeah I love it it's perfect for this it's called This Is Me This is me from the film, the show, and the musical, The Greatest Showman, right here on um, Community Now, as chosen by Kim this morning, uh, for us, and having a conversation in here, um, almost quite accusational from you, um, Ian, <laughs> saying, not understanding why I've never no, seen The Greatest Showman. I, I didn't, probably because the promotion of it was so intense sure. that I thought everybody yeah. on the planet had nearly seen this film. Yeah, it's, 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 it feels like I've seen it. Oh, it does, yes. Does that count for anything? Yeah, it does, absolutely. Okay. Anyway, we're delighted this morning that we have our two guests, Kim Rampling and Janet Kendall, and we're talking all things fostering. So, um, in terms of um, children that's been fostered, um, is there a specific age or just is it massively wide? Yeah, no, it's uh, yes, uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, unfortunately, it is. It can be from from naught to eight, you know, eighteen really. Um, you know, um, we do for the younger children. Um, would hope to find adoption. 
um, as the as the best route, so they have that um, forever family. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, that's the 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 range really. Um, that's that's really interesting. It's not something I considered before when you talked about that. Obviously, the much younger children are aiming to find eventually adoption. Is that, does that happen less? I might sound like a silly question, uh, but it's one that's popped into my head. Does that happen less than with um, slightly older kids or like uh, early teens? Is that is almost feel like there's a less of a need to find an adoption yeah sadly you know yeah. uh, it, it, it is you know from about um the optimal age would be about from not not to five not to seven okay um yeah and then um you know we would from there look to, you know it's fostering families yeah. um and um the, the the beauty kind of of that in that sense is although they're not adopted mm. um we it's it's long the long-term match so that's the next mm. best thing really um that they're kind of owned and claimed by that family yeah. um and for that young person that it's about giving them that security mm. um that you know that they can then claim them as their family and like Jan, uh, like janice already testified to you know still in contact with um some of the kids who are now adults yep um with their own kids um as well so it, it, it creates that at least that, that that sense of family um there for that doesn't it um, in fact one interesting thing in all the years that i've been doing radio interviews and so on or when i used to work for a newspaper papers the number of celebrities that i came across who'd been fostered or adopted and had fabulous stories about yeah. you know the the parents that brought them up and the opportunities that they got and the other people in their schools that were in similar situations and i won't name any names but there are a lot of very notable celebrities who've gone through that that sort of process so if you were talking about uh, barriers to fostering what do you think the barriers are to fostering are there any I don't think there are really. It's it's on an individual kind of basis, really. You, as I said, you know, I explained the assessment process. Um, you know, we, you know, certainly at BCP would welcome anybody to kind of contact us um, and have those kind of discussions, really. Um, you know, obviously there are um, the, the the statutory kind of side of it that that might kind of rule some people out, kind of you know, um, you know. You know, record uh, criminal uh, history and things like that. But actually, you know, even then, it's about kind of making sure that that we, we have those discussions and we know mm. what we're dealing with. That's but why you have a that's why you have a panel in the first that's place. That's why I guess. that's yeah. why we do it. But you know, there are there are no barriers. Mm. You know, this is any you know, as I said, it's about somebody that wants to make a difference to a young person's life. They have that time and energy and commitment, um, and then you know. As, as a fostering service we do the rest um we, you know we take you on that journey and we make sure that you know you are the best foster carer that you can be now janet talked about the fact that she created this little uh, group uh, which started and then covid hit and then it sort of exploded onto whatsapp and now it's grown immensely i mean how many people have you got in this i think 87 or 89 Oh, right. Foster carers are all literally on this group. So in, in this WhatsApp group, there they are. what sort of things do they share? Um, they can share anything, really. The, um, we have basic rules where they're not allowed to put photographs or the children's names because, obviously, it's a platform that could be accessed by other people yeah. if they wanted to. So we try to keep it private in that sense. But you get questions about finances about 
what they can do, where they, what schools they can go to, what schools not to send them to. Um, just general, really. It's, you know, if people are struggling, they will ask questions and yeah. it's more of a support group as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say it's you know that that's the that's yeah. the beauty of it in that sense. Obviously, they you know they're supported by by the social workers and and their supervising social workers. But this is about somebody maybe reaching out, um, you know, offering you know I'm dealing with this situation. How has anybody dealt kind of with this before? Or um, you know, it, it down to you know, can anyone help with a school run? Can anybody you know? I've got to go here. I've got to go there. Um, you know, and it, it you know that's why it's that community feel you know let's all get together let's 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 share let's help each other out really um and you know the the events that 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 they you know that that they that they have are are fantastic um from from you know from as a as bringing the whole um of the the fostering service together um we do christmas events and summer events and um award ceremony we have a celebrating um success awards for Mm -hmm. the for the young people um and hopefully a, a carers award evening um you know covid took a lot of our yeah. face-to-face kind of um, yeah. stuff, you know, out, out of that equation. And, and every time we get together, that's what everyone says, that the, the joy about being back together as a community. Yeah. We talked about the age range of children being fostered. What, what's the oldest person who you've seen who's fostered? Who has fo- oh, as yeah. a carer? Yeah. She's um, just retired. Yeah, this, yeah, she's just retired. No. You know, they're, you know, 70s. Yeah, she 70, was, yeah. She was in her yeah, 70s, yeah. Late yeah. 70s. Late 70s, wow. yeah. I think people probably wouldn't think that would happen, Summer. Yeah, but what a wealth of experience yeah. and yeah. knowledge that And that, that was lady that person, had. without obviously naming a name, had she fostered probably for lots of years and just yes. continued yes. Yes. into yes. her 70s, yeah. part uh, of her life? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, we we have, you know, it, it depends when they would come into foster in that sense and have that young person placed with them. Um, and that's what I said about... That, that it's not adoption but it's a long term you're part of this family so obviously as the child grows older they grow older so yeah. that 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 might be it you know and then um you know they would they would continue to foster until that young person um you know is ready to move to independence right brilliant so stories fostering stories anecdotes and things that you can think of Janet? Good news stories. Good ones. I know there's probably some bad ones in there, or just some bad experiences, as, yeah. as, as is, as is natural. Of, there's lots of good news ones. I can just try to think, do that, but you think of, um, good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like when you pass a child on to family members, mm. and that is great because you know that you've done what you've had to do, you've looked after the child, you've then supported the new family. And it's great to see the child actually grow and later on you see them with their new, you know, with their either grandparents or their new families. And it is great to see that that child is now calling this person mummy and daddy, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's just really sort of inspiring. You know, you just can't describe it really. As a BCP, do you have to work hard to get foster parents that, you know, you obviously... 
fostering exists, but are you almost having to recruit them or are they jumping out of the river into the Kansas? Oh, I, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, we, yeah, we, we need to recruit and we need to keep recruiting, really. Um, you know, it's, it, that, you know, there are other agencies that, that people can foster, but, you know, that's why we think fostering for your local authority, um, you know, where we can offer all those, all, all that level of support is, is the way to go. So absolutely, we 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 want more foster carers. We need more foster carers. There's more young people coming into care than ever, sadly. Um, so yeah, we we need we need you. If you're listening, we need you. Definitely. <laughs> and and good good news stories from you. You must have seen lots in your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the the. You know, we we see it from the the peripheral in in that sense. You you see a, a highly kind of dysregulated, um, you know, emotionally traumatized young person um, who's come into care. Uh, you know, no fault of their own. You know, family. You know, whatever uh, has brought has led them into care. Um, and then you see them slowly develop, slowly come out of their shell, slowly build that self confidence. Um, you know, you know, I've had some fantastic young people um, when when I was a social worker, immensely proud of that you know have, have, have done really well in 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 their exams and education and actually that is that is something that's always been quite a barrier to to looked after children um because of the trauma that they've gone through actually education is um is something that they just can't cope with they don't always have that headspace for it um so to to see young people kind of flourish we've got lots of young people who've gone on to university um you know you know fantastic careers um but even just to have made it through school because um, we know how difficult that is you know with all the the other angst that, that comes with from you know being a teenager but to actually kind of just you know to get through school and do well um, and then and then you know forge their own life um, is fantastic really great so Janet if well for both of you if you were giving tips to prospective fosterers what, what tips would you give Expect your life to be different. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been realistic, isn't it? It yeah. is, because once you start accepting children into your family, it is different because you have to parent in a totally different way. Um, some of your friends have to change because when you start having DBSs on friends, sometimes, as we found in our past many years ago, um, one friend couldn't be in our house anymore. Right. You know, and we didn't have a clue about it. It was only when checks and that started happening that you suddenly find these things out. Mm. But obviously we never found exactly what happened, so we that friend went by the by. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to. Because it is totally different. They're not your children. You're there to help nurture them, look after them mm-hmm. and pass them on. Mm. You know, it sounds quite harsh in that way, but um, when I first started fostering, it was about long term. But now I'm older, I do a lot of short term fostering, which um, you know I take a lot of the emergencies. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would. You know, I go back to it. It's about building that kind of resilience, really, and that empathy and kind of understanding, um, which again goes back to the kind of the training that you will get. You know, the you know the foundation of that is the attachment. It's about learning to understand that the the behaviours are. Um, uh, you know, they they come from um, a, a reason in that sense, and it's about learning to understand that and acceptance of of the presenting behaviours and the reasoning behind it. Really, you 
you know the child development and the trauma that they've been through um but the the and and going on that journey with that young person you know this highly dysregulated young person arrives in your home in a whirlwind um and then you you know with that empathy and understanding you can make a real difference you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk it certainly is community now thanks so much for being with both myself and and ian today uh, sitting in uh, for blair i want to say now a thank you to to hannah reese from community action network for being our guest in the first hour along with uh, rachel uh, from international care network and dot from safe and sound dorset as well um you can re-listen to this show anytime you like on our listen again service hopefm.com forward slash listen again or listening to the repeat on sunday morning if you're listening on sunday morning hey it's the weekend what well yeah good stuff um and of course to our guests in the second hour uh, too um they're talking about um fostering oh kim if, if people have been listening today they want to find out more how they can take that next step to become um a fosterer what do they do yeah they just go to the website foster for bcp or they can give us a call on 01202 um zero two eight zero one three fantastic and and janet for those people who have been inspired by some of the stuff that we've been talking about today that last bit of encouragement now to take that next step to, to visiting that website or ringing that phone number what would it be they need to come and join our family because it is one big fostering family yeah supportive 90.1 hope fm and hopefm.com